take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. What's up, everybody? Episode 7, 8 of the Life in Red podcast. My good friend, Tony Stark. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Uh, it's so weird to be on this side of the uh, the table because I'm usually interviewing you on my show. That's true. We are little bits and yeah, yeah. So it's uh, stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I'm usually the token redhead. And uh, this week in Ginger, <laughs> it's the best bit ever. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the video? Uh, what was it? You, Dana, and I, we did the uh, the Kissa Ginger right. Day and Facebook tried to Live. get people down. Do you know that got 7,000 views? And I know that might not sound uh, like a lot, but for us, it was a lot at the time. Yeah, and, and especially with how Facebook roams and we're not like a huge account. Right. Um, and they always, change crazy. Your, they always change your algorithm. So like, even if you're hot one day on Facebook, they change it so you're not hot the next day. I always joke... Uh, um, uh, when that was happening, because there was another one I did with uh, Johnny and Dana about um, a documentary about gingers. Okay. And uh, that got like one of their most views too. I'm like, gingers are the keys to success yes, of content. Yes, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, Tony, you are Afternoon Drive on uh, Jump 106.9. Uh, you've been doing that for... Uh, I've been doing that for about two and a half years, maybe three. Yeah. Because I started on mornings. Yes. And then I was moved to afternoons. So I've been doing that for about three years and December 1st of this year will be four years I'm with the company. So how long have you been in radio in general? Because I know you've been uh, in a d- couple different places throughout the yeah. country. At yeah, least. so I, I took the Algonquin radio program in 2001 to 03 and then uh, I've bounced, I worked a few, few stations here. I worked for um, Chin Radio, which is an international multicultural radio station. Oh, yeah. So it was like over 20 languages. It was my first real job out of school and it was, uh, it was like 25 different languages. I was doing like producing shows like the Russian show and the Mandarin show <laughs> and stuff. And, you know, it's really it, it was it's interesting because it's a different type of radio that they don't teach you about in school. So it's cool to do that. So I did that for about three years. And like you think it's rough trying to like tell a DJ, like, hey, be quiet. We got to go to commercial or songs. You try telling that to someone who doesn't understand. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're doing all these crazy hand signals and stuff. But like it was a, a very cool experience. So I did that. And then I got a job at another station here for about six months. And then I moved on to Brockville where I worked for a, a like a kind of classic rock station. I was there for about three years. And I was actually considering quitting radio. Mm. I uh, couldn't get another job. Couldn't even get another phone call. Or an interview, and then I remember I was taking a. I went out to dinner with a sales rep, and I said, "I think I'm going to quit." And she was wondering why. I'm like, "I can't get a call back." And even people in the building were saying, "It's time for you to go." I'm like, "I'm trying," <laughs> and but but they were telling me that because you know when you work sometimes when you work for a small town radio station, you become too big for the market. And I know I, I don't want that to sound the way it sounds, but I mean like you know like you, it's time for you to move on. You've you've learned everything you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's time to move on. So I, we went out for dinner and uh, I said, I think I'm going to quit. And then the next day, or it might have been like two days later, I had an email waiting for me from a radio station in Halifax. said, hey, we have a disposition open. Would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. So I went out there and I loved Halifax. I still visit them like probably once every couple of years. I was there for about 10 months and I loved it. It was a great radio station. But then about halfway through, they brought in an, a, a new PD, a program director who's mm-hmm. in charge of everything on air. Uh, and it was an American PD, and our philosophies just did not match. 
So if, if you've ever listened to the show, if you haven't, I like to do a, like a lot of different bits, a lot of talk about different stuff, like not only what's happening in like celebrity world, but what's happening in my life. And I like, uh, you know, producing like songs and stuff. I like doing different things. And he wasn't like that. He was like, no, you just talk about the station. You do the call letters and that's it. Oh. So, and at that point, and the guy who brought me in was like this super awesome, very encouraging, creative program director. Anyway, so uh, I'm like, I got to get out of here, like now. And then about like a week later, I got an email from uh, Virgin Radio in Montreal, which is one of the biggest stations in Canada. And they said, we have a position. We've heard about you. Would you be interested? And I was like, hell yeah, I was interested. Like exactly what happened when I was living in Rockville. And then, um, yeah, so I was in uh, Montreal for four and a half years. And then I had an opportunity to come home because I'm from here Mm -hmm. uh, to work for Jump. And that's how I ended up here. Crazy. It, it something because yeah like i listen to your show and you, you have all sorts of these you you always seem to have ideas flowing and yeah, right. different in different areas and what's going on like always quick with the videos and thinking so to have somebody who tries to take that away from you i mean like yeah. that must have just like just killed it yeah it's just because um i come from there's a couple different ways you can do a radio show and mine always is to be to give you something that you can't get on another station and to be creative and and when someone comes in and says, you can't do that anymore, then I can't feel like I can do the best job I can. Mm-hmm. I feel more stifled. And that's not only in media, that's in everywhere, man. Like yeah. any job, you could be you know, working 7-Eleven or wherever and you're like, I got a great idea for a promo to get people in. And then, you know, it gets you excited. But then when someone turns around and says, no, no, and I don't want to hear about that stuff anymore. It's like, why am I even here? Yeah. Right? No, yeah. I, I've talked about this quite a bit with the with business and and everything like it it seems like it loses the humanity factor a little um, bit yeah you know that that comes into creativity that comes into caring about the people and what they want and i mean not every obviously it's different case by case but just to have like you if you're going to really succeed you want your people like feeling like they're a part of something yeah I absolutely think. yeah um, yeah and, or and or everyone else will feel like a part of the this, like another cog in the wheel exactly like you know what i mean i like oh my idea did this and like makes you feel good and you're like okay like i can contribute ideas and that's gonna help me and help the company and it just it's like a better atmosphere yeah, for everybody. creativity spreads yeah just sure. like negativity spreads really quickly creativity spreads you know um all i can say is that when i started doing when i came here a lot of people were doing, there were some videos being done, but when I came in, I, I really put a big emphasis on creating videos for the station to just like give us another dimension that, you know, I wasn't seeing from other stations. And I've, I know that other jocks saw that and picked up on it and like they started doing mm-hmm. their own. And then at one point we were all doing videos and it was awesome. So creativity really spread, especially when it's being encouraged. And I don't know why comp- some companies don't, Maybe it's because they're afraid of what's going to happen, you know? I think, like, in some cases, maybe it's more of the manager. Like, oh, this person's going to take my job or, if you know, I'll lose my job because this person might be better than me. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be a case, you know? Like, if your company's doing well and you're the manager of that company, that's going to look good on you, right? I guess it depends what type of management you fall on. Yeah, that's on, exactly it. Right? What type of manager you're dealing with. Yeah. Because there are some people, I'm sure there are some people who are threatened no matter what you do. Um, that you know their job could be taken, and we do work in a, now in an industry where um, a lot of people are nervous about job security. Oh, don't we know that? Yeah, right, <laughs> a story for another time. Yeah. Um, what like what kind of did you always know you wanted to do radio, or is it uh, something that kind of just came about in a weird way? 
uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a priest. <laughs> oh, that, oh my God. Yeah. I, know, and it, <laughs> and I went so the opposite way on that. I uh, know. I wanted to be, uh, I, I was a kid, my super religious Portuguese family. So okay. I'm like, mom, I'm going to be a minister. And she's like, oh, I'm so proud. That's a real accent, by the way. I didn't just make that up. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. I always listened to the radio. Uh, there used to be a station in the city called Cool FM. And I listened to Cool a lot. And it's kind of, it was kind of like Jump. It was a top 40 station, but I'm kind of a sports guy too. So mm. I would listen to the Team 1200 at the time. It was Auto uh, uh, Sports Radio. It had a different name. Anyways, they had a call-in show. So one day I called in and I gave my opinion on something. And then the jock who was on the air, he said on air, he said, have you ever called here before? And I said, no. And he goes, man, that was a great call. He's like, call back. And at the time I was only 14. So once he said that, I think the wheel started to turn mm. and I'd call back and be a more regular um, caller. And he just seemed like he gave me the confidence. He said, you're doing a really good job with this. You should continue that. And then uh, I went to go to, uh, I graduated high school, Immaculate High School here in Ottawa. And then I said, okay, I'm either going to be, I'm either going to go into film or radio or vet. Like it's going to be a vet. It was going to be one of the three. And then I applied for the three programs. I got radio first. And then I just took radio on and uh, I just went with it. And then I was going to be a news guy because mm -hmm. I was, uh, you know, I was a strong news reader. And, you know, uh, even the teacher said news is your future. And then when I went to go work for uh, Chin, which was the international station town, it just my personality was more of a jock. And then I just kind of ran with that. And that's how it all kind of started. But I would say. Uh, when I was about 15, 16, it started to started to like fast that I wanted to do something. Yeah. I, I didn't want to be I didn't want to be another face in the crowd in a weird way because my dad, who works so hard, you know, uh, he's a Portuguese. Uh, he, he has that work ethic in him, but he worked like seven to five and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he worked on it and I love him for it, mm -hmm. but I just didn't want to be. I just didn't want to do that. I didn't, just didn't want like a regular job. I wanted something that I think I could have, I could succeed in like big time. And that's yeah. why I went into radio. Yeah. I always define it as like, I myself in the same way. It's like, I need something like air quote sexy. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like I, I don't want to just kind of sit in a cubicle and even though it's somewhat, somewhat what I do now, but. Right. But you're involved in something. Yeah. Too. Like you just, it feels bigger maybe than it is, but like, you know, we do get a lot of cool perks and yeah, sure. meeting people and music and festivals and all that kind so of stuff. So how did you fall into it? Man, it, I wanted to be a journalist. Okay. And I applied for journalism at three schools. And then I, but you had to do five. You had to pick five. And I was just like scrolling through. I'm like, I don't know, man. And I was like, oh, radio. Didn't even really think of that as a career. Right. And uh, so I was just like, whatever, I'll throw it in there. And I ended up getting in. And when it came to decide... I just kind of picked it. Okay. And was like, yeah, that sounds fun. So there's never like a, a very, like, you there know. There wasn't like a hunger for it. No. Was, it was just something like you kind of just fell into yeah, it. Yeah. And like, I listened to the radio, but like, I never really called in. Like, I was always a, a big fan of the bear. So it was funny that when I started working here, working with like right. legends like Gonzo and Wendy You're Daniels. Pretty much working at the bear. I'm like, Wendy, I've been listening to you since I was a kid. And I'm sorry that that probably makes you feel old. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, do you know what I mean? But like, it was never like you hear the stories of people like, oh, I had my AM, FM dial in my room and would practice radio shows. It was like, I wanted to write. I was always a writer. Right. I like to write. Yeah. And it's funny that like now I do have that creativity at writing. Mm -hmm. Um, with with some of the stuff I do and I, I knew as soon as I was in radio and I did my first on air show I was like man I don't know if I want to be on an air host because right. like everyone thinks you can just crack a mic oh, and no, like you it's can. Yeah. yeah like and you're just like 
hello, I'm on the radio. Right. It's like that. And then I found out what goes into it. I'm like, that's all the pressure, man. Like, Yeah, it is. And it is. But sometimes people who are haters, uh, they love to talk. You know, I can do your job. Let's put you in front of Mike and see what happens. But, you know, for a lot of it's funny because a lot of people in radio are introverts. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't like crowds. They don't like public speaking, which is so strange because, but you're alone in a room with a mic, which I always found interesting that people that uh, some people I know, like they're pretty much hermits. Like they yeah. go home they, and they go do a radio show, go home, do a radio show, go home, do a radio show. And then they get into a crowd and like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think. Cause if in any other case, it would feel almost like they're insane in a, in a way. Right. Like I know, it's a job and you're broadcasting to people, but you're sitting in a room just talking to a microphone, like kind of laughing, being like, ah, like making it all animated Yeah, that's and stuff. right. I think, you know, it's funny because sometimes there's a big window on the studio and uh, Mr. D, who does evenings on job, he saw me uh, yesterday. And when I talk on the air, I have, I use hand gestures and all a bunch of, he goes, you look kind of crazy. <laughs> so like if nobody knew what you were doing, you're just standing there and your arms are moving and your head's moving and stuff. It's just like, everyone's got different ways of getting into stuff. So Yeah, for sure. I know some have like, uh, and maybe it's more of a rookie broadcaster thing, but like, like a stuffed animal or a picture or something yeah, or a mirror. Yeah. Did, like, did you ever have any of that? Stuff I did when I first started. Yeah. I, I did it for about three days and I stopped. Uh, because one of the tricks they tra- they try to teach you, at least in school, is that put a picture up and talk to the picture while you're on the mic, and it might help you uh, connect more with the listener and actually sound more personable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a trick I tried, but um, I'm not really I'm not really that type of jock. Uh, some DJs uh, write everything out; I do yeah. not. And sometimes that gets me in trouble, and sometimes it helps me out. Yeah, um, I'm not really much of a. Oh, I'm going to say this. Well, sometimes. When I go into a break, I'm like, I know how I'm going to get out of it. But sometimes I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. I'll just start talking and I have no idea where I'm going with it. Kind of like when I talk to girls. <laughs> but I always eventually find my way out, which I always find was a kind of an exciting part of the business, a part of the job. Yeah, for sure. It, uh, it, it's always amazed me and especially, um, you know, ex- more experienced people like yourself or, you know, some of the people working on our sister station as well. Uh, Mr. D, like you said, how it's like, I'll be in talking to you and you'll just be like, one sec. And just like rhyme off this thing like you've been thinking about it yeah. for days and then you just you're out and i'm just and just like right back into our conversation i'm like it's like anything it just comes with i guess with practice yeah right you know what i mean just like when i was talking about talking to girls like <laughs> whenever you, you you try a line for the first time how often does it actually work the first time yeah you got to think of like how are you going to set it up where's the inflections when do you smile when do you take that awkward pause to wait for her answer that comes with practice mm-hmm what what like i guess there's two questions here but um you you said you had the you wanted to come in and do the videos and uh you you also mentioned you wanted to be in filmmaking mm-hmm. like where does that like are you a big movie buff like where does that kind of like start because i like watching some of your videos for the station like it like like where did this, the ideas come from the spark like uh, any it comes from anything really uh i don't know i can't really say where my inspiration comes because it comes from so many different places but something could happen in the news and in a, or in a song and i will just i think in images so when i'm sitting around talking to you or somebody else and someone says something i will it's kind of like an, uh, a songwriter mm. uh my buddies who are songwriters they just hear something and then the lyrics start but for me it comes in images so when i think of a video i can picture the video in my head right away and i can see how i'm gonna film it and how it's gonna look and then that's how i get inspiration i can want i want to be an actor i've always wanted to be an actor Mm. 
Have you ever like pushed it or pursued it in no, any not sort really. of form? No, I just I never really did. And plus, Ottawa's not exactly the best place to, to start an acting career. Uh, but I never pursued it. I I was in drama. I, I was in, like acting classes in school and stuff like that. But never really pursued it. But I found my outlet through producing videos because I love to direct and produce a video. I love the fact that I can have an image, I have a, a vision, mm-hmm. and I can portray it through video. So. One of the biggest videos we ever did, or I ever did, was when we did a parody of Adele's Hello. <laughs> and I was sitting in the studio. I was talking to my co-hosts. And the song came on. And the first thing I thought to myself was, a knock at the door. You open it up. And someone just starts singing the song to you. And you're like, who are you? Like, it, this is not, I'm not the person you're looking for. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> and then I got that idea. And then all of a sudden, flashes of images came up of me sitting on the couch. Um, you have the girl outside the building uh, singing to the building because she's been kicked out. I had, which was one of my favorite scenes, was I filmed her lip syncing through the keyhole, through the uh, eye hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and, you know, that video, I shot and produced the video in one day. And it became the biggest video the station's ever done. So... That was a success story. But then, man, like it's anything else. Like you're a creative guy. Like when you write promos and stuff, you probably write 10 and three are good. So you like there's been tons of videos I've shot and I'm like, this is not. No, get rid of it. And it's all it's in the can. Yeah. One of like my process, I guess, when I'm writing, trying to put my my ideas and creativity and trying to make it come to life is like I I write it out really fast. Like I just kind of get like when an idea comes, I'm just like, and I just leave it for a bit yeah. and I'll come back to it. And does it need refining? Do I have another great idea? Right. And like, so like, for instance, if like a promo is due in two weeks, I'll write it on, on the Monday. Um, like I'll write it right away. And then I, I don't submit it till Thursday. So I have three or four days where I can come back and look at it and be like, dude, do I want to change this right, and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah. So like um, with the vid, like with the Adele video, I like, I, let's say I shot it on a Tuesday afternoon after the show. I produced it Tuesday night. It was finished by Wednesday morning. I hadn't, I didn't release it for three or four days, but I had gone through that video so many times. Yeah. I hate it. Like, and that's what the thing is with, <laughs> with all my videos that I've done. I, by the, I've seen it so <clears throat> many times and I've gone over them so many times that I hate them by the end. And then and, and when I, you know, when I air them and people like them, I'm just like, I can't stand it. I can't see it anymore. I can't because I've seen it so many times because A, I'm hypercritical about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, whatever for the five videos I put out in like a couple months, there's 10 that have been filmed and thrown out because I just don't like it. Yeah. And then, you know, like you put it out and you think it's great and it might not stick with people or just social media didn't get it out. And then Yeah, that sucks. Sometimes there's... Like a maybe a video you weren't you're just like oh eh, okay like you're okay with it but it's not perfect but then like all of a sudden that like that takes off and you're yeah. just like oh, oh it's it's weird what resonates with different people and what truly goes viral yeah or what takes people pick on I went to a McDonald's drive through and it was when they were giving out selling sixty seven cent burgers and I just was in the drive through and I said. I'm going to get a 67 cent burger. And then I panned out and the lineup was so crazy. I'm like, nah, I'll go get some pizza. And then I just did that one shot, eight seconds, whatever. And then it it was like, it was huge. Yeah. So it's like anything else. It's like, it's so hard, but so simple for something you do, a meme video to go viral. Yeah. And like, it's a lot by mistake. Now, a lot of the memes and a lot of the viral videos are all set up and you can obviously tell that. Yeah. 
So at one point, everything was done by mistake. All went huge. So like the girl, the girl who falls everywhere, the blonde girl. Apparently, that first oh, video that? was an accident, and then she it became so big. She just now films herself falling everywhere, like in grocery stores and taking down <laughs> bottles and stuff. It's hilarious, but you know that's what it's kind of, kind of become. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, maybe Vine changed that. Like I don't know because Vine you could really set things up with different sequences when yeah but when social media really started it was i don't know like it was more natural people didn't really understand what it meant to be viral or but i mean people falling is always popular (laughs) fat people falling how many times have you watched a fat people falling video on youtube i don't know that youtube (laughs) vortex because you go in looking for like a a music video and it goes here's some suggested videos and you go in looking for an old uh boys to men video and you end up watching a kid with glasses falls on target like and it's just such a web oh yeah right and on vine like i loved vine and i was late on vine but i loved it because it showed you how much you can do in six seconds i was filming videos in walmart like super weird it looked but i was filming videos in walmart and there was so much production or uh for some people and just so much input on something that's six seconds yeah. and i'm happy that there's talk that's going to come back because i think vines become like a lost art form yeah i mean i still watch the compilations like there was like right. and like people have want like sort of like youtube but like wasn't sean mendez uh, yeah, found yeah. on vine yeah i think that's he was insane. found on vine he was just singing yeah, and a lot of people were found like that. King Bach, who's become kind of a, a obviously he's become a celebrity now, but he got his start on Vine. So many people did. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, one of those things where amateurs can really like. I know a ton of people now have like comedy deals and they're stand-up yeah. comedians because of it. And yeah, that's right. Get Netflix shows and YouTube stars yeah. and become Netflix shows and. And uh, it's crazy how much like, and I have a YouTube channel, and ain't no one calling me for a, <laughs> a Netflix show, which is okay. It's cool, but like, you never know where it leads. It's you. it's so hard, and like, I mean, f- for everybody um, to just you you always hear people who've made it. They're like, just do something. Just just if you want to do something, just go do it. You're like, okay, great. That's all I'll try. But it's so hard to to get that notice that that yeah. attraction to whatever yeah. you're putting out yeah and and especially um when i first got here i was putting out probably three videos a week but now i'm much more selective on what i shoot and what i post and also i go through burnout like you mm. and it's kind of like those vine a lot of people on vine you can see on vine uh, a lot of the videos were spur of the moment not a lot of production which was kind of made it cool but those Vine stars have gone on to doing other videos which are super produced and stuff like that. So it's actually changed. And for me, I don't have a comedy, a team of writers. So I have input from some good people in the building, which is great. Uh, but I go through burnout. Like every few months, I'm like, I can't come out with another video, man. Like I just, I don't have the idea. And if the video is not popping in my head, I'm not doing it. And like I said, if I don't see the images in my head, I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just... But when you put like a... Like some people put like minimum... Oh, you need to do a minimum of this. So like... You can't manufacture like a a good idea like just no. on the spot, right? Like no. the ideas come to you, and some people it comes to more often than not. Some people don't really get great ideas at all, and no, that's, that's okay. Right. But it's you can't you can't force a good idea because it's 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 just never going to work. Yeah, and it's never going to be good. And at one point, I was being asked all the time, "What's the next video? What's the next video? What's the next video?" And it's like, I don't know, and. Uh, they weren't saying that in like a pressure kind of mm-hmm. way. It wasn't like they were like, oh, you got to make come with it. They're just like, so what's next? Because I had done so much. Uh, now it's just like, I don't know. And 
for every, like I said, for every video I put out, there's four that I've been, I've been thrown out. Mm -hmm. um, so you've been in radio for, I don't want to say a number of years, but you... Uh, 15? 15. 15. So 15 a, a, a good hearty veteran. Yeah, right. Especially yeah, yeah. in the industry that's always changing. That's, yeah. that's always impressive. Um, I mean, other than the obvious stuff of technology, uh, like... What sort of changes have you noticed, whether for the good or for the bad, uh, like throughout your career and how it's affected you and your job on air, especially? Well, when I, when I started, Facebook was just something that was the uh, being used by Ivy League kids. Uh, and then Facebook kind of blew up and then blogs became a thing. So social media uh, was not really around when I started. And I didn't start that long ago. Mm -hmm. It's become a beast on its own. So that's been uh, that's been the big one of the biggest challenges. And the other challenge is you're not just a jock anymore. You're everything now. So uh, you produce your own bits. You produce your own songs. Like if you put parody songs together, sometimes I do. Uh, so you're like where you would go in at one point. You just did your show and you go home. It doesn't happen like that anymore. You, you do your show. You're on Twitter. Uh, you're tweeting people. You have to let people connect with you as many ways as possible to stay relevant. And I think that's a challenge mm -hmm. because a lot of people aren't comfortable doing that. Like you said, they're in, a lot of them are introverts. Are introverts, yeah. right? Um, but I think the jocks, when I first started, I, I was working at an, in another city and we had this big, huge conference on this stuff. And they said, you know, you're going to have to do this because people want to connect with you. Because it's no longer, radio used to be about the voice. You have a voice, people know who you are. But now it's like you got to do so much more. And a lot of people rejected that. Like people who were in the business for a long time didn't want to do that. And unfortunately, some of those people have been left behind. Mm -hmm. So the biggest challenge is how to stay relevant and uh, creating ways to creating a brand, which is a big thing for me. Like I love working on my brand because your brand is you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's at least from an on-air point of view, that's really important is, is working on a brand and uh, just trying to be as as personable and relatable as possible to people who are listening to. Because once you can't connect with the people you're trying to talk to, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So that's a that's a big challenge. And when I with social media, it's become a bigger challenge because there's so many different ways to do it now, and, and that you have to do it. Would you find uh, you can answer for yourself or uh, upon other people you know, perhaps, but that there's a different, a big difference between the way you represent, you know, Tony Stark, the radio host, uh, as a brand versus like who Tony Stark actually is no. at home, or are you you I'm the same very person. real. I think I'm the same person. I think you who know works with me yeah i think you would answer that question better but i think that i'm the same person on and off the mic i don't think there's a difference i yeah i would i would agree with that do you think there's like other people though who there is oh, yeah. there's more of a separation yeah yeah and, and that that could be for a lot of reasons i guess maybe that could be a reason like they don't want people to know get too far into their lives which i completely understand yeah. because at some times this this business can get a little creepy you know people want people want to know who you are where you live um, they want to know everything about you. And for a lot of people, that's kind of an invasion of privacy. Now, it's happened a few times with me, but not enough to make me stop being who I am. Because for me, um, I don't sound like a DJ. I don't mm -hmm. think I do. Uh, and I think I'm the same person on and off the mic because that's, in my opinion, how I'm successful or to this point being successful is that there's not a there's not a, a fakeness. This is who I am. Uh, I'm the same person both on and off the mic. And for you to be successful, in my opinion, as a DJ, you can't be fake because listeners can figure that out and they can be like, nah, yeah. And if you're saying one thing on the air and then you're saying something else on Twitter, then what's where's where's the line there? Like, Why are you saying why are you contradicting yourself? Yeah, I know a ton of people who 
I wouldn't say a ton, but who have like like their their thing that's verified and it's their public account, but then they they keep a private account on the side for their artists friends. Artists do that. Yeah, artists do, that. artists do that. I I know there are some radio people like who I know who actually do that too. Yeah. And sometimes I get it. You're you know, you're a public person, um but that doesn't mean necessarily that like it's an invitation for everyone to, like you said, get involved in your own life and your own business, right? Like yeah, at the end of the right. day, you're a public person, but you're still a person. Yeah, that's right. And, um, I, and I totally understand people uh, wanting to keep that private. There's parts of me that nobody knows about and mm -hmm. I will not talk about uh, because there are certain ways, places I don't go. But there are places I do go because I think it's important, no matter where what you do, if you're somebody in the media and you want to connect, people need to know that you're going through stuff that they've gone through. My mom had cancer. People have gone through that before. Yeah, you know, um, you're living, you're you're buying a place, you're moving. Uh, my dating life, my dating life stories got me in trouble. You know, with my girls at the time, the, the girls <laughs> I was dating at the time. You know, I would do I would do a topic about them, and then I get an angry call. Why are you doing this? And like that was when I was new in the industry. Mm -hmm. But I think if I talk about what's happening in my life you're going to connect with that because there's a good chance you've gone through something in your life that's been the same. Also, you know, I have this, I say inappropriate jokes at appropriate times. I try to say what I think you want to hear because I believe it. Like I'll crack a joke that I think you'll be like, okay, that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. uh, even though sometimes it might border on, um, uh, you know, dirty humor or whatever it is. Because I think everyone does that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think there's enough people that on radio and just, just in the industry itself that, they're just kind of wallpaper and I don't want to be wallpaper. Yeah. I don't want to be just there. You know, I want to be like, I want to say something or do something. And then you'd be like, yo, did you hear what he did? It was hilarious. Or, yo, did you hear about what he's going through? And, you know, I was doing a, a lecture once at a, at a school and the girl, a guy says to me, he said, how do you deal when you're going through something in life, like serious and, and a, you know, and I turned to him and I said, I talk about it because a, it could help. Mm -hmm. And two people know what you're going through. A lot of people, have gone probably through the same thing you're going through. So I use it as fuel. Um, now, not everyone agrees with that and that's cool, but I don't know. I think uh, I want to build a better connection. And I think you do that by telling people, hey, yo, I'm doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. I'm going through the same thing you're doing. You know yeah. I mean? Like, and it, like you've been open about mental health and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Did you ever feel, like, don't you feel like talking about it sometime? Well, talking about it would help. Cause yeah. there's other people that are going through it, but they don't feel that they can talk about it. But when you hear somebody who's going through the same stuff you're going through, you'll feel more comfortable mm -hmm. talking about it too. Yeah. I, and, um, I know that's part of what this podcast is. It's so I don't go on tweet sprees about what I'm actually thinking and feeling. I can actually just sit there and talk to somebody about it. It sounds a lot more natural. They're, yeah. they're like, Oh, Ryan's not a complete asshole. He's just <laughs> not a complete, it's a 14%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. like the, the mental health thing for sure. And, uh, like I, I tweet about it for two reasons. It's one because yeah, it's me, like you said, talking about it and like I'm putting my feelings out there. And it's it's a getting it off my chest. So instead of talking to a therapist, I'm talking at the world. Um, I do that the same thing with dating, which like is like a a hardship, not a hardship, but like going through a tough time right now. And I get comments from people like, oh, tweet it, complain about your dating life. I'm like, yeah, but it's also kind of like a therapy for me to yeah, try just to, to get it out, deal with like the rejection or maybe it's a funny story or someone's like, oh, yeah, that totally happened to me too. And then I definitely 100% find it that when I put out a tweet that says like, uh, I remember there was one time I, I tweeted and I, I was drinking a little bit, but I was like 99% of the time. And tweeting, man. Yeah. I was like 99% of the time, I don't want to be alive. And I, I tweeted that out. Yeah. And I, I just put my phone away, and the next morning I was full of DMs. And 
wonderful people were checking on me, but the other people are like, like I feel this way too. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. And it, it really fosters with certain people, and I don't know if it's the same with your listeners, but like a community. Yeah, and right. people kind of offer their support or their help or point you in the right direction. And I don't know if it's the same as social media with like maybe you have callers who call in or yeah. people who DM you. Yeah, yeah like uh, when I first started, I lost my best friend. Uh, he he died pretty quickly. And it's something I decided to share on the air because, you know, I knew that I wasn't the only person that had obviously had not had mm-hmm. gone through that. But I decided to share it. Some people could see that as what are you doing? But I didn't see that that way. I saw it as people, listeners for me, you have to hear the good times and you do have to hear about the bad times too. Because that's what makes you a person. Not everyone's happy all the time. And if they do, give them a drug test. (laughs) Right? And pass some here, please. So, so, yeah. You know, so I got calls. People reached out. You know, listen, man, I heard what you said. Uh, You know, I want to send you my condolences. It was great. A lot of times, no matter what you are, like talking in front of a mic, there's a lot of stuff going one way, but it's the stuff that comes back that's the most rewarding. Even if it's something like I made, I talked about you know, a long time ago, I talked about a girl that wanted to go to Mexico after meeting me for like a week. Like she seriously wanted to go oh, to Mexico damn. with me. And there I was in a store like seven, eight months later. This girl came up to me and said, hi, are you Tony? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how are you? She goes, good. Did you go to Mexico with that girl? Like it's stuff like that that makes the job rewarding because people and like she goes oh i heard it because uh, i was so funny because i kind of went through the same thing it was only a month for me and stuff so i love when stuff like that resonates and like that's just personal stuff that i've gone through and and and, and it connects but for me it's like the real stuff yeah my mom my best friend um you know for you same thing for your mental health for yeah. you it's something you're so connected to and to to hear from someone else that like, yo i know what you're going through man i've been there and it's like you said you know like you you talk about it and make somebody else want to talk about it too and if you can yeah. help one person like if i could help one person tell my mom's story or my dad or my uh, my best friend then it's all worth it yeah and i find it kind of cuts through the bullshit that is social media especially in this day and age where it's just constant like and i mean you could argue this is negativity but it's like it's more i'm talking about like the hate and the outrage and people yeah were like just arguing and fighting about everything like then you see someone that was like you know like uh mom was diagnosed with cancer today um like send your thoughts prayers just as an example right people then you start seeing the humanity and you know to relate this to an actual real world situation like the humble broncos game last night like when that happened and like those uh some of the victims who survived were tweeting out you really started seeing some of the like humanity and like the good of what social media can be that's right um and talking about it and actually being open and seeing like a human side to everybody and it very rarely happens on twitter like look at ariana grande you know oh Uh, my god that mac miller dies yeah and people blame her on twitter for him dying yo she didn't give him the drugs yeah she wasn't there when it happened apparently she was the one that was trying to clean him up and then there's people coming out here and they're like, oh man, you've done it. You're the one that, are you for real? Yeah. Are you serious? You keyboard heroes? Are you kidding me? Like the fact that you could go after a girl who love it or hate it. She's with this other guy and whatever. If you don't like her or you do like her, how could you say something like that, man? Like you don't even know her. You're not in the situation. Like some people are so miserable. The only yeah. thing that makes them happy is making other people miserable. And that's one of the nasty sides of social media. And you know, put an aside to that, um, 
just blaming her and just blaming everybody else for their problems. And that's what Twitter is. Twitter, a lot of Twitter is people just blaming their issues on other people. And that's why they're so angry. I could comment about one thing about the Toronto Raptors because I'm a huge Raptors fan. <laughs> and yo, people wishing death yeah. on me. Like look at Post Malone. Post Malone, when, it was, when he did yeah. that emergency landing, oh, man. Yeah. you know, the plane like blew out a tire. He comes back on Twitter and he goes, oh, I'm all good. I can't believe how many people are wishing death on me. Like, yo, people are wishing death on yeah. other people. That's why we can't have, that's why it's so hard to have a conversation online. That's why it's so hard to have a conversation in general because people are just angry. Yeah. And we're like, we're sitting now and talking and we have difference of opinions, but yo, we can talk about it mm -hmm. and it's all good. You can't do that on Twitter. It's uh, very rare. And that's why when I do have a conversation with someone on Twitter, I praise them for it. Yo, man, look at this guy. Having yeah, yeah, yeah. Difference of opinion and still we can have a rational conversation. I the funniest one for me was somebody said on Twitter that there are no visible minorities in on Ottawa. Right oh now. yeah, I remember this one. Okay, so uh, for you listening, um, at the time our uh, morning show host was an Asian Canadian. Uh, we had an openly gay host. Uh, myself, I'm Portuguese. Damien, Mr. D, is uh, Caribbean, uh, Canadian Caribbean, and it just wasn't true. So I respond with, I'm like, actually, this is the truth. And I speak about being Portuguese all the time on the air. And I've always been open and proud about it. And I actually get a response from someone who says, what are you trying to say? Are you against uh, people of different cultures and races on Ottawa radio? And I said, whoa, 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 did you even read my tweet? Or did you just pick something out of my tweet and ran with it? Because that's exactly what they did. Because yeah. I clearly said, and I said, what? If I was against it, why would I talk about being Portuguese on the air all the time? Yeah. I almost find too, um, and I mean, you could argue Ginger's a minority, but it's not considered a minority. But what I mean is like, and I, I've talked about this before and it's a huge issue I'm trying to wrap my head around is like the people who are progressive and socially progressive, like you can never be left and like left or progressive enough. Right? right. So the example, and I don't know if this was her rationale, but it's like, okay, you're Portuguese, but like that's European. That's not minority enough for us. Yeah, right? no, I get that. Uh, like, you know, and I highly doubt, I highly doubt that they even did any research. I no, think they, they, they just, they didn't go on any websites. They just assumed because there's other members of the auto radio media who are visible minorities in the city. It's just something that was said, and I think that's a problem, on, uh, a big problem on Twitter. It's like people just say stuff. And well, but it, people run with it too afterwards. They're like, yeah, yeah, like, totally. And like people, like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. You don't know the facts. You didn't do any research. Yeah, that's right. That's you, right. You just read the tweet or, or the headline, and then now you have a comment on it. And then I messaged the guy back, and I said, man, I was against it. I would never talk about being Portuguese. What are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm I'm for, I'm for more visible minorities and more racially diverse um uh, now I'm all, all tongue-tied. What do I do for a living? Uh, <laughs> uh, different people of race on Ottawa media in general. Yeah. You know, and, and I was like, and he's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Because you're sounding real defensive. I'm like, it's defensive. You can't even get my tone through a tweet. And that's another thing. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing too, right? You know. What do they say? It's uh, communication is like uh, something crazy, like 80 or 90% like. Nonverbal. Yeah, exactly. Right, like your yeah, body yeah. language. What are you saying? Like yeah. if I'm smiling and I'm like, hey, man, I hate you. You're like, all right, yeah, you're just cool. joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, like the my favorite saying right now is uh, common sense isn't so common. No. And it, being on social media and arguing, like I have a rule now, like no matter what it is, like I, I don't 
I don't go in the comment sections or I don't yeah. respond to tweets. Like that's my rule. Like I will not like, even if it's something I truly believe in and I'm passionate about, like someone's like mental health isn't real or something. Yeah. Like I'm not going to engage. And I get where people start to think like, no, we need to take these people like down. Like we need to come for them. We need right. to educate them. That's, that's fine and well, but you cannot do that on social media. That's not the platform. You know exactly how it's going to go. You There's like the algorithm of the comment section where someone comments and then someone corrects spelling or questions their intelligence and then another person comes. Like it, you just, you know how it's going to play out. And you're just like, oh yeah, it's predictable. And it starts with, I comment on a complex post. They posted a picture of Lauren Hill and she was holding all their Grammys and they said legend. And my response was legend. She had one good album and she's done nothing since. And I got so much hate. It was crazy. Who the hell are you? I don't know. I just work in music. And I just telling you that she had one good album that mm -hmm. did commercially well. And everything else has been kind of a wash. Like nothing else really did. She did, she did what she did with Fuji's was good. But Miss Education, Lauren Hill was a massive album. Great album. Mm -hmm. But everything else for me just didn't. I just didn't like. And her sales backed that up. But man, people went in on me and they called me every name in the book. And that's the thing, man. You go down the rabbit hole. Like even on even something as stupid as uh, like I'm a big guy, sneaker guy. So there's a page where people sell their sneakers and somebody was selling his sneakers at an outlandish, outlandish price. So I commented, I'm like, man, I remember when I had my first beer and that just every and like I'm you like I don't go in the comment section anymore. If I hit something and it gets out of hand, I just mute the conversation because I don't yeah. have time or the energy to keep going on. And at one point, you can only have the conversation so long before you're like, yo, I can't say anything else. Because you're, people aren't fighting to to understand your point of view oh, or no. see your argument. They're they're arguing to win. Yeah, yeah. They, like, they, they, they I wanna, am right. Yeah, they want to reinforce their argument. Not you. You lose, I win. And, ha -ha. We've, and we've all been there. Like, it, like, we're not all innocent. Like, we've all had conversations where you're just like, look, I'm right and you're wrong. But I think I can, I can just give it a wash i eventually ended with okay listen i let's agree to disagree and yeah. i'm okay with it that's cool but for some people like i'm sure if the notifications were still on i'd still be getting messages oh uh, what i don't find and what i find sorry like it, it's weird is these people who claim that they're they're good people and they're 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 standing up for something that's right and true and they're like um for example like someone puts uh we'll take uh roseanne bar who put out the yeah, racist tweet. Yeah. So people come at her being like, I hope you die. Like, I hope your family dies. I hope everyone gets can't like these obscene, like obscenities of just hate and violence and ugly truth, like not ugly truths, but just ugly words. And I'm like, you're like, you're just as bad as, yeah. as putting out a racist tweet. You're wishing like cancer on someone's family. You're there's like, I was, Pulling up that sense post about Eric Carlson today, and people were like, "I hope, I hope you uh, Eugene Melnick uh, liver fails again." We he died like, like so. Those like, are un unhappy people. Like, and those, yeah, yeah, there's always a small percentage of. of but it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's become its own beast because you know Twitter has become a kind of a platform where you can say pretty much whatever you want, and you can and be anonymous, no repercussions of it, and that's cool, and that's uh, that's uncool, but. Um, that's just what it's become. And uh, it's a very small percentage of thing. And remember, anytime something happens, you're more likely to hear from haters yeah. as opposed to anything else. You know, for every 10 complaints I've gotten, 
you get one or two compliments. So it's just the way it is. I, 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 at one point I would like argue with a lot of people, but now it's at the point now where I'll say something and then I'll just leave it the way it is. Yeah. Let like it go. maybe no put point. your opinion out, but like people are applying and you just, just go on about your day. Like, yeah, it's just like, whatever, man, I'm going to go, like, I'm going to go hang out with my girl. I, I got stuff to do and I'm going to go live my life, live my life. And it's funny, you know, uh, before Twitter became like, I was really like jumping on Twitter and all that stuff. I would, I play a lot of online games, like Xbox oh games. God. And like, that was the original Twitter. <laughs> that shit goes Xbox dark. Xbox live was the original Twitter. <laughs> Halo. People, oh people my God. would say like the craziest <laughs> stuff on there. And now it's just on Twitter. Um, but you know, it, you can't let it affect you. Obviously you can't let it affect no. you because it's not real life. It's just, it's just not unless it's Trump tweeting about like something super crazy, which happens like once a day. Oh um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not real life. And, it's it's hard it's hard to let it go and i think that's yeah. the problem with a lot of people me you everyone it's just hard to let it go because you sometimes you 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 hear something or someone says yeah, something it's... so wrong or so stupid and doesn't make any sense you want to fight back you want to clap back but sometimes man i'm just like there's no point there's just yeah, no point does nothing it it just makes maybe you look stupid or foolish or just it they, and then they come back with something that pisses you off even more. And... I tweeted, I tweeted about Nicki Minaj uh, at the VMAs. They showed her like looking around in the thing, and then I tweeted Nicki looking for another person to blame on her poor album sales. And man, like I got one tweet oh. which was literally swear, 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 swear. So. <laughs> I retweeted it and quote tweeted and said the education system fails somebody else. Swear, 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 like you know, just responses. <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, I gotta, I gotta mute, the, I gotta mute the conversation because it's, it's, it's not gonna go anywhere." I'm gonna go to bed. I wanna, I'm gonna try to find this tweet because that's hilarious. But Nicki Minaj has like a lot of uh, like fan. There's some celebrities like they have like the fandom on Twitter, like Cam yeah, the Camila fan, Cabello, yeah, and like yeah. they're just all over the place with and, that and, and i've been i've been in the middle of some of the biggest ones on twitter uh one direction for me camilo cabello is pretty close to maybe the biggest army i've ever seen on twitter yeah it's one direction something. when they first came out and what makes you beautiful hit i don't think i'd seen anything like that in even since uh we did a, an event with them in montreal uh, at Music Plus, which is the French much music at the time, mm -hmm. and they shut down the street on Saint Catherine, and there was thousands of people out there, thousands of people out there in the freezing cold. One, two people got hypothermia. Oh my god! And I had never seen anything like that. And it was just like, play the song, play the song, play the song, play the song, play the song. We love them. We love them. like, I, like who are these kids? And then there they were two weeks later in Montreal and the place was so like, it was crazy. Like they just came in for an interview and their opening act, Ed Sheeran. Oh, and that was probably before he was big, eh? That was when he just started off. Yeah. And then Ed Sheeran has gone on to become a massive star. Um, and one guy in the business that I have not heard one bad thing about. I have friends that like have interviewed him. When yeah. I was at the station, we interviewed him, but I wasn't there. And I heard, I've heard nothing but good things. Apparently, he's pretty much the same guy he was when he was like, um, you know, lower on the on the totem pole as to opposed to now when he's a massive star. So that's always good. To see. Found the tweet. Suck my ass, you stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. From Saucy Minaj. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, listen, how are, how can you argue with that? 
You know what I mean? What am I supposed to say? Like, <laughs> checkmate, you won. But, like, you know, if you're going to say dumb shit on the internet, okay, fine, I can't control that. Put your name and put your face to it. Like, have some sort of stones and ownership of yeah. your shitty attitude. Yeah, at least my name's on what I put out there. Yeah. It must be fun for you, too, because you're verified. <laughs> that doesn't matter. No, you don't find it like kind of like maybe pops up a little bit more than some maybe some accounts. The coolest part of being verified, I'm not gonna lie, is Gordon Ramsay follows me. That is probably oh the, damn the probably the coolest part of being verified because I don't because I've tweeted we've tweeted each other before and like he's responded, but that was before I was verified. And once I got verified, a couple of new accounts followed us or followed me. Mm-hmm. He was one, and Jenna Marbles was another. But I think that's just more like their team looking for verified people. Yeah, it's not a really big deal, and I don't you know I know some people think being verified is like a massive deal and it, it's really not at least yeah. not for me the like, only thing like different to like you you pop up in a, a different mention category on, on the twitter i don't i don't know i'm not verified i'm not big enough i got you know denied what? you can download you can download um a new banner and you can put your name and it'll have like a like kind of like a photoshopped check mark in there oh my god i, I know people who do that <laughs> who have done that yeah 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 no um, and and uh, sorry, I wasn't verified because I'm like some crazy celebrity or anything. I was verified because every announcer was verified. So I just kind of became part of you're it. You're a crazy celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Um, like taking your, you know, what you say on social media, you can be a little more flexible. But I know on the radio, things are pretty tight and controlled. Do you find it hard to find that line between, like you said, being um, like memorable, being uh, interesting or relatable? And more, I don't want to say edgy content, but just like things that maybe aren't necessarily PC, like yeah. something that will probably get a complaint because everyone complains. I but don't like, mind complaints. Like, do you I find the line hard to figure it out? It, it all depends, right? Um, when I first came on, I was, to say edgy was is, a, is an understatement. I think I really pushed it. And then I was told to pull back. So I had to find the line. And it's something that I'm glad that happened because when you first go on the air when you're first a jock and then you just start saying crazy shit, um, you can come off as a, people start thinking you're a jerk, just a jerk Mm. in general. And then once you're, if you start off as a jerk, it's hard for people to start to give you a chance because you're, you're a jerk. Mm -hmm. But if you start off just like normal and then you waver into that jerk territory, then people are, I think people are more accepting of it because people figure out who, like people understand who you are and they get to, be familiar with who you are so when you cross into that territory they're okay with it because it's not all the time it's just once in a while and i think yes it is kind of a tightrope act because i do like to veer into that when it comes to my opinions um, when it comes to some of the, the jokes i crack i do veer into that territory but i i don't try to do it as much as i did at first because i was starting to get the impression that people thought i was a jerk yeah do you find it hard to like Offering an opinion in front of, or not in front of, but to thousands of people, you know, you're putting yourself out there quite a bit. Like, do you, like, and I mean, we're on a top 40 station and it's it's not a talk show, but like, do you kind of just like maybe refrain from giving like actual real opinions on things no, or like. No, 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 no. I think, I think what I, I think what I say is usually what I believe. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes to dating. Uh, especially dating as a topic, I do like to give my honest opinion. And um, sometimes people don't want to hear an honest opinion. And it's nothing like really mean or anything like that. But, you know, like one topic was a guy hasn't called me in, in three days. Why? I'm like, well, he's probably done with you. And it's the way I said it 
that got someone upset, got people upset. Well, how could you say that? I'm like, but it's true. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm just giving my honest opinion. And like I said, for the haters, they're like, how could you say that? You're such a jerk. I'm like, I, what am I supposed to do? Lie to her? Oh, no, no, no. He'll call. Why would I say that? Yeah. And, and, and then I got another call from a girl who said, I loved it because it's true. You've given your honest opinion. And a lot of times people don't want to hear honest opinions. And it, that's just the way it is. It's such a polarizing thing where like people like there's a push one way and then people start pushing back mm-hmm. and you, you see that on social media. You see that, you know, with what people say, like people who provide content and entertainment, especially like whether it's a radio or a TV host or someone who hosts a podcast or, uh, you know, a Netflix special, whatever, like. Uh, there's Norm Macdonald. I don't know if you saw the yeah, that's right. The he story, cracked a few right? jokes, right? Yeah, yeah or, or and he just you know sometimes answered a question. Like sometimes you just answer a question, and you see this all the time with sports or with politicians or anything, right? You they give these very plain Jane yeah. generic Easy answers, answers yeah. and people are like, uh, people never say anything at all, and you're like, yeah, because if you do, people are just one side's going to shit on you, then that side, the other yeah. side's going to come over and shit on that side, and they're just going to fight. Yeah, that's right, and. Like, I just... I do like the pushback, though. Like, I love it when someone calls it disagrees. Because, you know, we can have a conversation. And that's yeah, what I okay. want you to do. I want to have a conversation. I don't want it to be one-sided. Because that's not fun. I want people to call up and either agree or disagree. And we can have that conversation. Because that's real. People can have conversations. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and I love when someone comes up because I don't agree with that. Cool. Tell me why. And then I'll go on the air with it. There are a few things I will not talk about on the air. Religion is one. It's Top 40 stations, no place for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, politics, yeah. I'll go in and out of politics a little bit, but this is not a political show. Seriously, my show, I just want you to laugh a few times, enjoy the music, and just be interested. That's like, you know, I just want to say something that's just going to keep you interested and like have fun. And it's a top 40 station. There's so much. If you want heavy duty stuff, go to the talk station, go to CNN. But if you just want to like crack a few jokes and, you know, have maybe like a cool conversation about something, yo, that's what my show is all about. Mm -hmm. Because, um, there's a lot of crap in the world and you can get that everywhere else. Like if something crazy it's happens, true, yeah. obviously we have to cover it, you know, but for the most part, you know, I, I just want to give you a break from that stuff. What, uh, I like to ask this question, especially to people who've been in the business for a while. Like what's maybe one or two of the craziest things that, you know, you ever had to cover or like you, you, you're the one who's on air when something breaks and you had to crack the mic and announce it. Like, what's do you have any memorable stories or instances, like, no matter what it is? I'm trying to think of like crazy things that happened on the air. I was in college when 9 11 happened, so that I wasn't on the air then. Um, the shooting in, in, uh, here in the city, the, um, the, the parliament guy, yeah, a Nicholas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Ebo or something. I, I don't remember his name, but um, Nathan Cirillo. Oh yeah, the corporal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't on the air here. I, I was, I was coming here. Like I, I think I was in the interview process, but and I didn't cover that either. I've been lucky, uh, in a weird way of saying it. I haven't been on the air when like a lot of cr- the Vegas shooting, but that wasn't in the instant. That's like not when it mm-hmm. happened. It was like the next day. Uh, Mac Miller happened last week. So yeah. There was a death. Um, a couple like um, Chester Bennington passed away mm-hmm. when I was on the air. Um, and I was a big Lincoln Park fan, so, but nothing like, you know, no crazy story about, oh my God, this happened while I was on the air that I can remember. Yeah. 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 The, but it, like, you have to cover that. And that's a, sorry. And that's another way of connecting with your listener. Cause like I, you know, when he died, when Chester Bennington died, I, I saw him in concert and I was like a big fan of like such hybrid theory and all mm-hmm. that. So I talked instead of just reporting on it, 
I told my story about how I went to see him at a concert and how he blew my mind. Yeah, you did a blog about that, and didn't you? I did you? a blog and yeah. I wrote about it and stuff. Oh, um, one of the things that affected me the most was Robin Williams dying mm-hmm. because I've always been a fan of Robin Williams. And I learned a lot from Robin Williams because I kind of act like Robin Williams where I'll break out in these like voices and, and stuff like that. And, and my friends, you know, just messing with my friends mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and that one affected me. And, and then I put it, I was on the air, but I put everything into a blog and, uh, and I talked about that. So a lot of, unfortunately, like a lot of deaths during the show, which, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. It always kind of happens in the afternoon, like a, eh, the, just after lunch between dinner. A lot of stuff happens. At, and you know, that, like I said, that's another way of connecting with people because you know, you know, you know, there's Chester Bennington fans listening. Yeah. Chester was one of the, there's been two celebrity deaths that have like affected me and Chester was like one of them where like I actually felt like crying and I always kind of was like I don't want to say judgmental but I was like you don't even know these people like why why like why are people crying where are they outside the house but then when when Chester like died I was like I, I see it now because like he's a guy who who I really respect because he wrote down you know so many lyrics that like like spoke to me in a way mm-hmm. like I'm like I, I get this. Like that's exactly how I'm feeling. Yeah. It's exactly how I want to scream. Yeah. It was him and um I like not even a big name, but uh have you heard of Christina Grimmy? I have heard of the name. She was uh she was mostly a YouTube star. She got on uh, I think The Voice. Okay. But she was Oh uh, yeah, that's right. She passed away too, right? She was shot in a meet and greet yeah. um in uh, in Florida and it was just be- not too long before the uh Pulse club shooting yeah, in Orlando right, too. Yeah. And that was another one where I'm like I actually like feel this. You like felt she it? was like a beautiful singer and uh, like just this small little girl who seemed religious and seemed just really happy and she was finally starting to make it and then someone goes and takes her life. I was like, I like, actually felt that. It was it was a kind of a surreal experience for and me I to think, have that. I think it's because Lisa and Robin Williams, uh, the Robin Williams case is that he, I didn't know that he was going through that stuff. Like I knew he had what he had gone through, but I didn't know that he was still dealing with it at that point. And he seemed so happy. He had a show. It got canceled and everything. Um, it's like I knew him my whole life without knowing him. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. What, that's what it is, and and that's why I think people are so affected by music, because especially by music, because you you by their songs, you're feeling what they're going through, and a lot. What makes artists so successful is, for the most part. Is there writing about stuff that you're going through too? Yeah, it's like it does relate a little bit to how you share your experiences and how people can relate to that. That's that's yeah, what, what it's I mean? all about, yeah, right? Like you know, and and I think if you build a connection like that, people are, people feel even more connected to you because you know, man, I heard what you said and I went through that too, and I just wanted you to know that you're, you're not alone and stuff, and and people feel even more connected to you even though you're just coming through a speaker. Yeah, and mu- the great thing about music is that it transcends sex gender race like it doesn't matter for the most part like who you are that like you can it's a universal language right yeah and look look at uh, sorry country music why does country music start making all sense to me in the world after a breakup i know right right it's always a country song that always always just gets to you whiskey lullaby uh lady antebellum need you now stuff yeah you know what I mean? Like it's just something about country music. It just it like that's what music good good music does. It, it it hits you when you're going through it because it knows exactly how you're feeling. Yeah. So other than um, you know, radio, like what are what are some things about Tony that like you enjoy or like Oh, like uh, I, I know I know the sneakers. That's a, that's uh, a big cooking. one, but cooking. cooking. Yeah. I okay. love to cook. 
Yeah, I love to cook. Uh, I got it. My new place has this like a huge island, so I can cook now, which is awesome. Never had us for a dinner party. I haven't had anybody over, and there's been reasons for that because because <laughs> I'm a you know like I, I want to get the sh- the place like ready and like good, um, but now I might move. So who knows? Um, oh. So yeah, that's pretty much like cooking. I love sneakers, uh, family. I do a lot of writing, and um, okay, I like a lot of writing, but. Like what kind? Like is it? Everything, like, I know, like you do the blogs for work, but like writing music, poetry. Well, mostly like it's hard to explain. Like I do a lot of parody and stuff like that, but like I'm always constantly writing down ideas. Um, okay. Of like stuff I want to do, and it doesn't always come out. But like when I get an idea, I'll just start writing, 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 and then like I was thinking about going into comedy, like being a comedian. Yeah, I was actually just gonna ask that. I was like, have you ever thought about? Oh, I've done it before, man. You know, that is some scary ass stuff. Yeah. When you're like, especially and like comedians, if there's any listening, like, you know, when the first, everyone's like, you know, when you get that first laugh, everyone just dies of laughter. It's so infectious. Yeah. But it's also when you get that first bomb and you say something that you think is going to be funny and it doesn't go over funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty disheartening. too. <laughs> yeah. I had a bit about, it was about how when I date, uh, whenever I date a girl, she really wanted every girl wants to learn Portuguese. Could you teach me Portuguese? And I'm like, no. And then why? Because <laughs> you're gonna butcher it. You're gonna butcher it. You know what I mean? And then like, I one girl was like, uh, can you t- just teach me something? And I said, okay. I'm like, tu és bonita. And she goes, well, what? What does that mean? And I'm like, tu és bonita means you are beautiful. And she goes, oh, tu és bonita. I'm like, oh, God. oh, this is the exact reason why you want to do this. And it's like, it's like, listen, I've only known you for like a week. I don't really want to teach you any of this stuff. Yeah. Because it's not gonna, you know, like, unless we're like dating and you're my girl, then then maybe. I was uh, seeing like a a woman from, she was from the Czech Republic. So she had the accent and I I didn't want to like learn the language, but I wanted her to say stuff like right? in her language just to hear what it would sound like and because i like it's attractive like uh, an accent oh, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. the czech one was like the the kind of like the vodka like that 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 very and you're just like i'm like she, and i was just like say something that you think would sound like and she would say it i'm like oh okay <laughs> is it one of those like accents that she talks around you enough times you'll start to imitate it i could see it happening yeah, it like, didn't happen but yeah it's uh like my friend's jamaican you know, and oh, yeah, though. that's the like, and you we hung out enough with him, like to, to like an hour or two, and he's just talking, and then everyone starts imitating it. You know, it's so funny, and then he thinks it's hilarious. Um, it's just like when you're around a British person too, in their accent, someone is gonna start shooting off to try and yeah. their version of the accent. It's just kind of like contagious. Yeah, Portuguese people, Australian, really, yeah, Australians, another one, yeah. But you know, like I can see that you're hanging out, with, especially if like you're super into them, and then want to crack a joke and you're like i'll take four of <laughs> yeah what do you mean i got to leave i just got here is um so obviously you're pretty in touch with like your 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 culture like of portuguese like i i forget me i didn't even know and this is just me being from a small town like portuguese had its own like separate language like outside of like you spanish thought, you thought we we're spanish i yeah. was gonna say you thought we we're spanish yeah yeah so, you know why because spain and portugal are beside each other maybe yeah and it's uh like a i don't want to i don't know what the correct there's term. some like, sim- there's some similar words yeah, okay. But like Brazilian Portuguese and Portuguese. Like Brazilian. See, I didn't Portuguese. even know that was like combined. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brazilian people speak Portuguese too. But uh, no, I, I think a lot of people think that. Yeah. And yeah. like, I just, I never grew up with. I, oh, yeah. No, that's okay. Any of them. Like uh, Quebec Fran- uh, French and Parisian French are 
I think they're two different. Like, not too different. Like, they're alike, but I, I don't think they're, like, super similar. I've heard it's completely different. The French from France and the French from Quebec. I'm sure Quebec. There is, yeah. And I, always, I used to have a, a joke uh, I made in history class because I was like, France sent all the people they didn't want and like the, God. <laughs> over to Quebec, and that's why it went. <laughs> and then you were asked to leave the class. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. So there's maybe a joke Go bombing, see Mr. Borg. Except I didn't yeah. do it for in front of a couple hundred people and <laughs> have my joke bomb. I like listening to comedians talk about that, though, because it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's it, like it bombed. Like I remember, I remember getting off the stage and I did get a few laughs. But I remember getting off the stage and I was like, man, that is brutal. Yeah. And I have, I do have at least one set of like six minutes because you need six minutes. But it's like a video. I've read it and done it so many times that I don't think it's funny. And okay. I won't, yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I won't do it. You've worked a bit so much. That I've it's... worked a bit so much. Yeah. I, uh, I had a bit about, uh, I had a bit about what would you do to smoke the, um, what would you do to smoke the best weed in the world? You know what I mean? Um, and how like uh, s- sometimes the people who you don't talk to at work, like you don't really get along with, have the best weed. And you gotta make the, <laughs> you gotta make the decision: Am I gonna hang out with this person just to get high? You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, and and like I've done the bit, and the people like uh, close friends are like, do the bit for me. Like let me hear it. And I'm like, no, it's, oh, it's not. Weird, yeah. It's not. It's not a bit that I can just say to one person. You know what I mean? Like, and your friends are your friends. Oh, it was funny. Really. And the, the yeah, only way I'm going to yeah, find out. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. The only way I'm going to find out is by going to a club and doing it again. And I'm sure eventually I will. But um, yeah, like I said, like I just don't think it's funny. And if I don't think it's funny, like I won't do it. I wonder if comedians are like that. Like I wonder if comedians are like, I know this isn't funny, but I'm going to try it anyway to just see if it's just me. I'm sure they do. Yeah, I think probably definitely in some, some circumstances they would do that. Yeah. I think though it's like like any art form or profession that uh, you're speaking from yourself or your experiences or whatever. So I guess it would be that most of the time you think it's funny or it's a funny story to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that, that was always good. And you know what? Maybe uh, I'm not meant to be a stand up. Maybe I'm more meant just to be a writer. You know what I mean? Like you can write for somebody else. Chappelle has a co-writer. I'm not saying I'm like, like Neil Brennan or anything, but I'm like, you know, maybe, I'm not the one to deliver it. I'm just the one to write it. Did you see Neil Brennan's, his, I don't know if it was his latest special. It was the Three Mics. No, I saw him on Comedians Getting Cars with Coffee. Okay. Right. Yeah, he has this one with, uh, it's Three Mics, and they're all different. So it's him, and they're all different sequences. So one is like, uh, one. it's like one-liners or one-joke puns or something, and he just like says like one joke and one liners. It's pretty funny. Then the the third the then he goes. So that's the first. And he goes down to the third, and it's like a stand up routine. And then the third, or the second one in the middle is like it's like called truth. Okay. And then he actually like tells the truth about stuff. Yeah, like like goes into depth about like his depression or his, oh, his breakup. Okay, okay. So it's I like get this it. very like three different types of of like communication. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And it, it it's really good. I I highly recommend it because it, it goes you're laughing at one point but then you're going like super deep and he's like just reflecting on things and yeah. you're like, "Oh shit." Like, yeah. And I think anybody who I don't want to say uh, that's a very general statement, but anybody who sort of puts themselves out there for the sake of art, for entertainment, for comedy, I think they're a little fucked up inside. I do that you know every what day. In the head? <laughs> I do that every day. Like, I mean, like, I do that 
when I I have, I have a lot of self-deprecating humor. Yeah. And I do that, you know, because I'm not like I don't take myself too seriously. So if I can make fun of myself and you can laugh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and I do that. You know, it's 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 I know maybe people don't think this, but I think being a radio DJ is an art form. Oh, 100 percent. And then, like, yeah. it's, it's your material is your art form. And I think my stand up comedy is on the air. And that's where I I. And that's where I've worked some of my bits. I've written bits and I've done them on the air. So I think I, you know, I okay, never, yeah, I never, yeah. I've actually never thought of that like that until with this conversation. That's so weird. But you're, you're right. It like that. Because I've written down bits. You are doing some and comedy. And I go here and I talk about you it. You just can't see the faces. That's, I just like, can't. The yeah. Only I've, I've, it's crazy. I've never thought of it like Profound that. Profound thoughts. <laughs> Boom. I guess I won't be going to the comedy club. A uh, couple of things more for you. One thing I do want to touch on because I love to pick anybody's brain who works in the industry about this um whether it's a high level executive or you know an announcer or my boss whoever it's like what do you think the future of radio would be so my thing is it's going to be completely like content's going to be completely syndicated music is something somehow- like all day yeah, so, and music is going to somehow be able to be by choice. And I don't know how that's going to work yet in I, terms I've, of... I've been on a radio station that's done that. So, like, it was like a it was a three-hour show that I worked. It was called um, On Demand. And people literally went to the website and picked which songs they wanted next. So you could pick if you want this song next or that song next. Yeah. I think it's going to be even more personal, like person to person, as cars get Wi-Fi. So it's almost like you have a structured content bit around the music you're selecting right it's almost like you're programming your own radio station but what you're listening to offers you the local programming of news and traffic i don't know how it's all going to fit together yet but that's my that's where i think it's going as i see all these decisions being made the only thing about the only way i would disagree with that is that stations only have a selected playlist so i don't think that's the future of fm radio because for radio stations only have a like if you're saying to me you can pick any song they have on their playlist then maybe but i don't think you can go in there and go See, to like i'd go to a, like jump and yeah. pick like a like a, a drake song then a guns and roses track and like i don't i don't see that anytime in my future yeah here i don't even think there's going to be fm radio oh i'm sure listen, I, I think it's it's all going to be like wi-fi's are going in the cars like i think that like that's that's if it's going to be internet and you can yeah. listen to LA or something, but like you can do that now. But pe- you can, but like there's going to be a need because radio will always have a place for the immediacy and localness of of the programming and your ability to have a song and crack the mic just like that and say, "Hey, this just happened in Ottawa. Yeah. Watch out." So I think that's always going to have to have a part. But in terms of the content and the music, I really think that's somehow going to be. D- d- deliver differently. Yeah, it's just, it's just going to be really personal because I like I don't know the how it would work programming wise, but I I honestly don't believe like the CRTC is even going to like or like FCC like and all those regulations that confine us now. I think it's it's just it's not going to be a thing anymore. Like it's all going to just be free form content on the yeah. I don't but know a business like, monetizing it. I I don't. It's hard because like I even like ten years ago I wouldn't have said social media would have played such a big part in our jobs. So. I don't have an answer. All I can say is that I think there will always be, I think there will be more syndication for sure. I think Canadians will be more syndicated for for sure, but there will always be a job for, for a local DJ on a radio station. I think that will always be there, 
but I, in major cities like Ottawa, Toronto and stuff. Now, as far as the smaller cities mm-hmm. go, that I think is where you can see a lot more of repeaters, what we call repeaters. Um, but as far as the major markets, I think there'll always be work in major markets. And you've seen it in, in small markets, uh, especially in the last 10 years. There's a lot less people working in those buildings. There are some. Yeah. Um, but it's the, like a sales staff and like... And there's a couple of announcers. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, you know... Who knows? Everything changes so quickly that it could all change tomorrow. It's yeah. So, you yeah. never know. Uh, you're a sports guy. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about sports. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, the big news today, depending when you're listening to it on, uh, what is it? The 13th. So Eric Carlson was traded. It was, it had to happen. Yeah. Do you think the Sens got fleeced or do you think it was a fair return? Because I think, they, I think they, they got, got fleeced. Yeah. If you look at the list, I haven't heard of anybody except for one person. They got a, I think the the big draft pick, the blue chip draft pick was 17th overall. Yeah. 17th. Um, yeah. When you, when you lose, the, the saying is when you don't get the best player in the deal, you've lost. So I don't think they got enough. Um, None but, of those players will ever reach the potential or, or the stardom of Carlson. Like, no, that, no, no, no. He's no. a generational, generational player. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to someone and like, why couldn't you get a Mark Edward Vlasic? back yeah. um and you know the the argument is that nhl has three great defensemen carlson dowdy and burns well now carlson and burns are going to play together and they're all in the same division and they're all in the same division which is crazy at 10 p.m at night um the, the the draft picks are uh the two draft picks i think they did get fleeced because yeah. those draft picks aren't going to be good because san jose is going to be good yeah yeah they're going to be mid-level prospects who might late round late be round. like i think maybe at best like i mean they could who knows you never know but like yeah, there's never be a Carlson probably like most no, likely. No, uh, but you know, I was talking to um, I was talking to Gonzo over at Boom, and we had this discussion because he said we're talking about Boston and how Boston traded Joe Thornton, and he's like, they lost that deal. I'm like, but did they? He's like, yeah, yeah, they lost the deal. They lost the best player. I'm like, yeah, but Boston's won a cup. Boston's won a cup, and San Jose's gotten to a final. So for me, Boston won the deal. I know Joe Thornton's is the, one of the great players and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but Boston won a cup. That's a good point. And been to the Final Four at least twice, maybe maybe twice, I don't remember. And he's like, yeah, but you know, the first year after they traded him, they were awful. I'm like, yeah, of course they were awful. But the money they would have given Joe Thornton, which is in the 7 to 8 range, that went to Sedano Chera and went to um, extra money probably kicking around for Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron, and they got draft picks for that Jordan Thornton thing. So... It they won out. the cup, so I think Boston won that deal because they got a cup out of it. I'm not saying Ottawa's going to win a cup, but I was a little disappointed that there was no name that I was like, oh. even like you need it, to sell hope, like in the yeah. trade back, like it feel uh, like a they're prospect people out. have heard about or yeah, something, right? Yeah. Like I, it feels uh, like they're cheaped out. Timo Meyer or, or uh, Thomas, Thomas Hurdle. Hurdle, yeah, you know what I mean. And you could have got uh, like you could have gotten Ed, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, <laughs> and I know he's a uh, he's young and he, but he's a big deal. But you're giving up a big deal. And I think people are just, you know, just tired of the team. Like people yeah. love the team, but they're tired of all the, everything that's happened in this off season. So um, much drama the past so much, yeah, you calendar know. year. And that interview did not help. It made it worse. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And you know, Melnick, it's like <laughs> it's ego with Melnick. He like he wants. He, I I don't think. He, I think he tells like he doesn't care, but I think he does care that we, he, the people how people feel about him. We should uh, we should mock that video. About the Carlson trade. I'll, yeah. I saw a really funny one about two guys doing the deal and, and they were making fun of like how Melnick was always grabbing his wrists and Borietz, you know, Bor- Mark Borietzky, you know, like I like him. 
And, I, and I, crack, I cracked the joke. I hope he bought you a new grill. Like, you know what I mean? Like, one of the, and he was being interviewed after, and he's like, I'm a team player. And, like, I'm, there's no hate for Mark there. You're doing yes. what the team asks you to do. Good and if on your you boss for comes and tells it. you yeah, to do something, man, of course. 99% of people are going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay, cool. You're the next one out. Yeah. I'm going to screw you over, take all your money. Yeah. And, like, as opposed to people are arguing who who's worse off here the habs or the sens and i'm like it's the sens that are worst off the habs still have carry price but it, it's cool like listen if you want to do a rebuild that's cool yeah that's what you know dana was asking me who does the show before me she's like i don't why would you do a rebuild i'm like because you can't win and you can't win with this team you're stuck you're not even what vancouver had the same problem last year they were stuck in the middle yeah you got to cut bait or go for it and if you want to do a rebuild cool but you got to get something in return. It would make more sense in a weird way to trade Carlson to a team that's not going to do well, like uh, Phoenix or something, because you know they're going to get a high draft pick because they're going to suck. And then you can build off that draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. People like in the NHL, especially really bank on those second, third round picks now, yeah. like hopefully being those diamonds in the rough. Yeah. Look at the Leafs when the Leafs w- w- tanked, they got a ton of, second and third round picks now they got you know they got some help they got a generational talent like austin matthews but they picked up like marner nylander nylander you know uh connor brown and some of their players who nobody really thought about like um uh their defenseman uh number three what's his name riley no not riley zaitsev uh zaitsev no and i don't get the big deal on zaitsev they signed him to a six-year deal for and i'm like what do you what do you see in this kid uh dorsey Demps. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. number three. Anyways, he was like a he was like a a pick that people didn't really think very much of, and he's come on and he's played really Dermot. well. Yeah, Travis Dermot. So he's played really well. So I'm really excited to see what the Leafs do. I do think they need another stay at home defenseman who can play defense because good God, Jake Gardner last year. <laughs> uh, I'm really surprised he's back. Um, but the Leafs have a good offensive uh, defense, but not like yeah. You know, and you can keep signing Roman Polak and uh, Hainsey. You're a Leafs fan, eh? Yeah. I, 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 if you were I'm to do fan. allegiance. Yeah. I, I'm, my dad was a Leafs fan. Um, and I was a, Le- I'm a Leafs fan growing up. Yeah, for sure. So Tavares, when that happened. Oh, man. Like, I, I was floored. Lost my I mind. thought he was going to resign. I, I thought, you know, it's going to. Stamkos. Uh, yeah. But at least Stamkos didn't even go to free agency. He just signed. Yeah, just before. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, really psyched because it's been 67. And you know what, man? Like, I do want a Sens to do well because it's good for the city. You know, I think people... It makes our job so much more exciting. When the Sens are doing well, yeah. there is a vibe. There's, there's yeah. a positive vibe going on. And, you know, like, there's a lot of talk about people not going to games and stuff. It's, I think it has something to do with one, one location. And I, too, I think it's people are tired of Melnick. 100%. I think people are just, they don't want to support him because they don't like how he's running the team and they, people feel like he's cheaping out. And, uh, you know, next one is Bobby Ryan, if they can trade him. Yeah. They were supposed to dump him with Carlson. That was always right. the biggest rumor. But I don't think... That they, contract, man. That's 7.8? 7, yeah. What? Oh, my God. And then you have these players, you know, and they have good, they have, like, really good third and fourth line players. I like J.G. Pajot. I think he works really hard. Um and Man, then, he's out from possibly like the report is four to six months. For with what? He got hurt this morning uh what? in um like in the gym. Like he was doing like his Man, pretest and awful. apparently he tore his Achilles tendon out four to six months. Did you uh do you remember I don't know how far we got, but do you remember Uwe Krupp? He's yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Well he was uh, he was like a, a pretty good defenseman and he played for Colorado and then he, I think he got hurt at home. He was snowmobiling? 
and I think he oh. tore his ACL or something like that. You always hear these like crazy freak accents of people. At yeah, home. there's a uh, Victor Rask who plays for Carolina, and I just saw it on Twitter today. He um, has, he's out for a while. He has hand surgery because he cut himself with a knife. And like okay. hockey players aren't that bad, but there's uh, you know there's Ben Roethlisberger. I remember when we got in a big uh, accident on his motorcycle. Yeah, uh, that's right. A long yeah, while ago. Right. And there was also the Cleveland Indians pitcher. I don't think it was Corey Kluber, but it was somebody else who was playing with a drone, and he sliced oh, his. Yeah. He's a pitcher. He he, yeah, he yeah, sliced yeah. his hand it open, just... and it was in the middle of the the playoff. I think it was the playoffs where his hand busted open. Yeah, and, and they had to like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And people still make fun of him to that point. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, Finally, the last question, because uh, you've mentioned you're a huge Raptors fan. And yeah. if you follow Tony on any social media, you know that. Uh, the season's starting soon. Kawhi Leonard, no more DeMar DeRozan. Thank God. Yeah? You're, you're good no for that? No disrespect for DeMar. No disrespect to who he is as a person, but I cannot watch another season with him. Like, you can, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different outcome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like I like Demar for who he is. He's been super open about his mental issues, which I think was groundbreaking. Yeah, and was in you know when a, whenever athletes do stuff, people take more notice of it. Look at um, Colin Kaepernick. Yep. But man, like he was the star, and they just couldn't win with him. They just can't. If you don't watch basketball, um, he's what they call a mid-range player. So he's. Uh, he doesn't shoot at the three-point line, and he doesn't shoot in the paint right in front of the basket. He's like somewhere in the middle, and he does, you know, he dunks and he drives and all that stuff. But that's they call him the mid-range assassin because like, he shoots a lot of things, and he averages twenty-seven points a game. And his, and I will say that year after year, his game's been getting better. But man, you in the playoffs, that dude disappears. Like he's gone from twenty twenty-four game to seventeen eighteen. Because in the playoffs, things change and people like play harder defense yeah. on you. They like, you know, there's a lot more pressure. And man, he just disappears. And I never believed that they could win or go far with him as the main guy. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I'm somebody who is very vocal about that. And I even got Jose Patisa, who blocked me on Twitter for no apparent reason, by the way, <laughs> which is an aside story. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, I, I think, and now you have this opportunity. To bring in arguably the top three player in the league, top five player in the league, and Kawhi Leonard, you have to do it because you like Masai Ujiri, who's a general manager. He knew that I got to do something. I fired the coach, man, and I got to do something. I personally would have kept the coach and traded Demar Derozan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know there was this whole thing after because Demar got traded, and then he was all upset about it. He said, "Well, he told me there I wasn't going to get traded," and then Masai's like, "No, no, no." I said, "At the time, there was no trade coming." And then things changed. Um, so I'm really excited to see because I don't know what's coming and that's exciting. It's like dating somebody new. Mm-hmm. It's it's like dating somebody new as opposed to going back to your ex. You go back to your ex, you know what's coming. You guys broke up for a reason. It's going to happen again because people don't really change. <laughs> and then when you meet somebody new, everything's new and exciting. You know what I mean? Like You don't know what's coming. It's yeah. really fun. And, and he's such a good player that I think it's going to change the team. And I'm really excited for the season. Like really excited. Do you think uh, Kawhi will resign? No, he, he, <laughs> a couple of days ago, he bought a house in, in Toronto. I heard that that yeah, was the yeah. big deal. So everyone's like, oh my God, he bought a house in Toronto. Oh my God, he's going to stay. No, no, no. He just bought some real estate. And we all know that real estate's really good right now and he can afford Especially it. Toronto. Especially Toronto. So uh, I don't think it means anything. I think what's going to make Kawhi Leonard want to sign in Toronto 
is winning. So if they get to the finals, or if let's just say they win the championship, I think that's the best way to get him to resign. Yeah. That's what I think. I don't know. I, I I still think they need some help, which I hopefully they'll get. But yeah, I'm really excited for this. You yeah. don't watch that much basketball, do you? Uh, not a whole. I watch enough to know what's going on and know a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a, a super huge fan. Yeah, right. Yeah. But like with any sport, I I watch and I like you know I what's going attention. on. You go in and out. I know and the players, like and I'll watch games and I I get what's going on and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm big into sports. It's just like well, I sit down and watch a whole game and like dissect. Probably not. Yeah, I'm like that with soccer. Like I'm a huge soccer fan and like, but I can go in and out of the Premier League or the La Liga or something like that. And uh, and then I don't always like I don't like. I don't have to check the scores every day and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm in and out of it and I really yeah. enjoy it because I used to play it. So um, I'm like that with... Uh, with and I'm soccer. like that way with hockey. Like that, like I you're just a ho- super fan kind of? I, yeah, I play hockey. I always know what's going on with Detroit. I know the rumors in the league, but that's also because I just... I watch a lot of sports and I'm on Twitter. Yeah, around. right. Like I, yeah, yeah. I just, and that's the people I choose to follow are insiders and in hockey. So and, what do you think of the Colin Kaepernick thing? Man, I hear so many... Listen, uh, for Kaepernick... I think uh, I agree with what he's doing. It's a peaceful protest, and he's not protesting the anthem. Now, I'm not a veteran, so I try not to speak on how they feel about it. I've seen both veterans for and against. Um, I honestly believe that if you don't have a say or and like if your life is not impacted by what he's doing, like he's trying to raise awareness and bring people to the attention of police brutality and um you know because that was that was it at first that he wasn't uh protesting veterans he was protesting pr- police uh brutality yeah and you know it's the, never been about the racial inju- like, justice no offense yeah it's it's and, been about a, a bigger cause and mark me if i'm wrong and tell me if i'm wrong but it was trump who tweeted that he didn't respect veterans and that it became that yeah right I'm pretty sure that, yeah, I was, I'm, that was the big thing that right. left it. I mean, I'm all for people doing whatever they believe in as long as it doesn't hurt nobody. Um, I don't think a lot of people should even be chiming in their opinions. And instead of how about we all of us focusing on what, what you know, who's this offending, who's this pissing off, how about we just stop, listen to what they're actually saying and say, take the turn our heads and be like, oh, there is a lot of racial injustice right now. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Yes. You don't want to hear what I have to say. You just want you just want me to hear what you've got to say. Yeah. And and it's funny because the NFL tried this new rule, right? Either you come out and stand for the anthem or you sit in the dressing room while the anthem plays. And then Nike comes out with this commercial. Mm-hmm. And then the NFL comes out with this statement saying, we believe in a player's right to... Yeah. A player's right to it's a protest or players right to uh uh have their say and we want to encourage that then why why do they have to be yeah because it's uh i mean americans are so big on their constitution and it's yeah. uh it's a freedom of expression or like you have that freedom yeah and, and then like you know when nike who's a partner they do the jerseys they come out with this commercial and i felt like Ooh, yeah that was a great ad too that was a yeah great marketing campaign but and, and even colin kaepernick has done things that i don't get well, that uh, he went. What is it? He went to Miami and wore the uh, Guerva. Jake Guerva. Yeah, he wore that shirt. And I guess in Miami, because that's a lot of people who fled the the Cuban. communists of yeah. 
so that didn't go over well. Like, I, I, the, the, the thing I was wasn't even that good of a quarterback, to be honest with you. Well, he had, he did have that one. <laughs> he had a run. good year. He had that run, right? And, and I, uh, the, the shake wherever thing. I actually didn't hear about that, but I, I'm talking about when he said he didn't vote. Mm, I was like, I didn't, see, I didn't hear that one. I was like, Should dude, you? like he said, I didn't vote because someone's like, who did you vote for? He's like, I didn't vote. He's like, what do you mean you didn't vote? Like, I thought that was for me. That didn't make any sense. Like, why didn't you vote? Yeah. Like, like, you want this change, but you won't vote for it. Like, at the time, like, yo, bro, you you have to back up your words by actions. And I like you're doing your protest, and that's like, yo, all the all the love and praise to you. But you gotta vote. Yeah. You gotta you gotta tell people if you want change, you gotta you gotta vote for that. So that one kind of threw me um, for a loop. And like, as far as him as an athlete, maybe he's not the best quarterback. But there are at least ten quarterbacks in the league where I'm like, Colin Kaepernick should be playing. Yeah, he's Buffalo better Bills, than them. for sure. What? And I, this is a really quick aside, but stop trying to make Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Peterson is Nathan Peterson? Peterman. Peterman, stop, don't make him a thing. Like that guy, trade him, get rid of him. And I'm not saying that because oh, he's awful. He hasn't played well, but his psyche must be oh destroyed. His 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 self his self worth must be destroyed because all he does is throw interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, he's the Bills are five in, in his first game or something. Worse than Johnny Manziel. I know, and he hasn't played. Well. <laughs> yeah, we can just go off on the side and the side. Yeah, oh, I it's talk crazy, sports man. Forever. Yeah, well, uh, wrap it up. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. That Thanks, was a great man. conversation. Um, where can people find you, follow you, listen to you? Okay, uh, I'm on uh, Jump One Six Nine, Jump uh, JumpRadio.ca. I'm on between two and seven. Uh, you can follow me on all social at Tony Stark Radio on Instagram, Twitter. And also on Facebook. Actually, just Twitter and Instagram. I don't really touch my Facebook very often. Facebook's and also dark, uh, YouTube. Look at my videos. And if you want to tweet, videos. if you want to tweet me some hate, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try to have a good conversation with you. Listen here, Tony. I heard you. Yeah, maybe I'll try some of my stand up. <laughs> Anyways, man. Thanks. Uh, peace out, everybody. Take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.